All right, we're live. Ah, uh, see? Hey, hey, hey. Don't do that. Don't start recording. Because we're live. Because we're live. Yes. As always. So you got to get in this. No, what? No. The people see me. I'm telling you, people are going to be asking for you. What up, y'all? See? <laughs> <laughs> They're not asking for me. They want to see y'all two beautiful women. No. Yes. They want to see the team around yes. what's going on. <clears throat> the team around what's going on. <laughs> That's how you sound. <laughs> At least I was louder, so it don't matter. <laughs> what it do, what it do, good people. Mm-hmm. We are finally back. Uh, what, it's been a, a month and a half? At least. Yeah. I had to, to do some things. I'm working on a book. So, okay. uh, finally. Woo! There's a lot going on. Uh, the businesses, you know, working. As always. Uh, but what we want to do, as always, giving a shout out to my mom, Shari Thomas at Fabulous Finds. She is actually getting ready to do a new a new extension of that. So um, she's actually looking for a project coordinator. Really? Oh. Yes. So if you are serious about uh, inquiring, you can actually... Uh, either go to the Fabulous Finds page or you can follow my mom at Shari Thomas. Um, giving a big shout out to the homie Jeff Brown at the <laughs> Jeff Brown Show. You can follow him on Instagram um, and also um, Facebook. Facebook, it is Jeff Brown Jr. On Instagram, I believe it's the Jeff Brown Show. So you can follow him there. Um, so let me tell y'all. The reason why we're running late. Yeah, true. No, I'm telling you, it's Balmayer's fault. Oh. It's, all, it's all your fault. I'll take it. It's no, okay. but seriously, today has been insane. You know, so I know that this topic is going to be yep. like extremely yep. heavy. Yep. So um, this morning I get pulled over for oh. my window tent. No way. Yes. Did they get ticketed? I got ticketed. Really? Yes. And they, the officer actually pulled out the gauge. Wow. Really? Yes. To measure it. We were to, just talking yes. about that. Which is, which is wow. crazy. Um, is this your first time? No. Yeah. <laughs> it's like my third time. But I'm, I'm, y- y'all know me. I'm, just, I'm a rebel, though. I That's just can't. Fun. It, it is. Funny, but... um, in the city that I work in, too, which is crazy. But then on top, on top of that... Um, you know, I'm part of the Ambassador Brothers, so we had our monthly meeting. And then giving a shout out also to Eric Bowens and Sean Kilgore. Um, Eric mm-hmm. Bowens, uh, his grandmother, Baby Doll, passed away earlier this week. So as we're speaking right now, they're actually having the homegoing services right now. So I shot over there to pay my respects. And I intentionally, as always, get over here early to set up and everything, make sure the sound is crisp so when we're doing the recording. And I opened up my computer, it had crashed. Wow. So I spent 30 wow. minutes, right. So I spent 30 minutes trying to get my computer back up and running. Um, like I said, the universe is just telling me that this this is going to be a heavy and serious topic. So this is why we're here today. Um, because usually I'm, you know, 30 to 15 minutes ahead of schedule. Yeah. Uh, but nevertheless, we're here. Yeah. Um, and 
Today's topic of conversation, we've had conversations about that. We've had a conversation about this a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, so I definitely, I've been waiting, waiting for the right people to sit at the round table to have this discussion. And Miss Rashonda Jackson is here, which is our special guest. Yes. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, you're an author. Soon to be, yes. Okay, all right. Yes, yes Um. And now you work. Uh, we're we're, we're going to be talking about, as y'all can see, what does sexual misconduct look like? Um, that's the topic of conversation today. And we're not just going to stop there. We're going to be talking about um, sexual abuse. We're going to be talking about molestation. We're going to be talking about rape. We're going to be talking about human trafficking. Um, we're going to look at some of those statistics. And the reason why this conversation is so important is because we're not here to scare people, but we need people to be aware, yes. you know? And I think a lot of people think that it's just girls who are the major victims of sexual abuse, but it's also boys. Yes. And it's crazy because the percentages run close. Yes. But when it comes to boys, we, you know, we got different movements and different groups and stuff for the young lady and the young women and then the women who have gone through this traumatic issue. You know, but when it comes to boys, I've done research and there's not a lot no. for people, you know, for young boys. And these are the men that are becoming toxic. Yes. This is when, you know, when we look across, when we look at toxic masculinity, you know, I know a lot of people want to just put the toxic label on black men, but it's not. It's men across the board, white men, Latino men, Asian men, black men. It's all men. You know, and a lot of this toxicity stems from childhood abuse. Oh, so we're going to explore those avenues. And, you know, like I said, as always, what we discuss here, um, you know, I've said it all throughout the week or the last past few days. This is a sensitive topic for a lot of people. So please, please be mindful of the level of maturity um, if you are allowing your kids to listen and watch this episode. I highly suggest that um, because y'all know me. Um, I don't hold any punches. Um, I ask the hard questions, the difficult questions that a lot of people are afraid to ask. I'm going to ask those questions. And the reason why it's so important to have women on, the, on this panel such as this is so that we can get a true perspective of what's really going on. And along the way in the show, I'm going to share my experience as well. And we're going to talk about the male aspect of uh, sexual abuse. So, um, as always, let me introduce the panel. We have Stacey Balmuda, my co-host, yeah. a.k.a. Balmater. Hey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then we have... Rashonda Jackson here. Hello, hello. Thank you for coming to sit in to have this difficult conversation oh, with welcome. us. Um, so before I get into the questions, just tell us a little bit about yourself. A little bit about myself. Let's see. Um, well, for 22 years, I worked for the city of Cleveland as a police dispatcher. I moved up in the ranks. You know, I started as a dispatcher. I became a trainer. I also was the part, uh, a co-training coordinator for the new people, and then I became a supervisor. Now, all through that time, you know, I, I heard a lot of trauma. There was a lot of things that went on 
there, you know, things mm -hmm. that don't even make the news that right. we hear every day. You know, people don't call the police, of course. When they're happy, it's always yeah. an issue. So um, I did that for 22 years, and one day I just woke up and decided that I wanted to go deeper. And, you know, that wasn't my passion anymore. I wanted to help. I love to help, but I wanted to help in a deeper way. Mm -hmm. And what I began to understand is that the reason people are in distress is because there's some underlying issue. Um, being a victim myself, I understand the attitudes, the behaviors, the things that people do. And so I decided to start my own organization to kind of help those who don't understand what's going on and how to get back on track because you get stuck in that place where you were, where mm -hmm. you where the trauma happened. And so that's where I am today. Um, I teach a, a workshop at the Women's Recovery Center. I did a, um, I spoke in London, Ontario, you know, about my story for the first time okay. back in July. And it was very empowering for me and for a lot of the women that were there because it becomes, it's a secret. Right. You know, people don't talk about it. And so that's what we need to do is talk about it because that's the only way to get through it. So um, I, that's, that's mostly about me. I have a bachelor's degree. I graduated from the University of Toledo. Okay. Long time ago, long time ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and I had, I got a degree in criminal justice, actually. Okay. Um, I have an 18-year-old daughter who just went to college. Nice. And so now um, I'm an empty nester, and I'm trying to, <laughs> you know, move past that and get myself together. But my passion is to help those who, who, who are victims, who have been victims, who are survivors. You know, I think that's so important. I believe that's a lot of the reason why our community is the way that it is. Mm. It's a lot of hurt that's not talked about and dealt with. Right, right, right. Most definitely. Stacy came into the biosphere. Was yes. Because I'm obviously <laughs> not part of the welcoming. The biosphere? Oh, my organization? Okay, biosphere, okay. right. Yeah. That's my organization. <laughs> biosphere, and it's B-I-O, and the bio and bio is B in spite of. Okay. As a, when you're traumatized, you, you no longer become yourself. There are pieces of you that have been stripped away. Mm -hmm. And so you can't truly be who you're supposed to be, mm -hmm. who you're called to be. I believe we're all, we all have a job here on this earth before we die. And when you're stuck, you can't move forward. Mm -hmm. So my hope, that came to me as a, as a revelation to myself. I was always hiding behind other people, hiding behind other things because I didn't know who I was because as a victim, that's taken away from you. Yeah. So I became secretive. I learned the art of lying, you know, learned the art of um, what you call omission, because we all know that sometimes omission is a lie. Right. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, so I learned that early, at an early age, and it carried me for so many years that I couldn't stand it. I felt ashamed of myself. Mm -hmm. I was ashamed of who I was. And so I had to find a way to get past that. And so I had to start working on me, mostly my self-love. You know, a lot of us don't love ourselves because we don't know what that looks like. Right. When you're not shown what love is, you can't truly accept yeah. it or give it. Right. So that was one of my main pieces that I had to do and forgive. And so when I created Biosphere, the sphere, of course, is your circle of life. There are things in our lives that we can't control and there are things that we can't control. And so the things that we can't control, we have to learn how to maneuver our lives around it. But what we can control, we should start doing that. Right. Because if we don't, we'll never get where we're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And I believe that hurting people hurt people. I know that's a cliche, but it's so true. Yeah. Right, right, right. You know, hurting people hurt people. So until we're fully healed, 
we can't love like we're supposed to. We can't help. Yes. So the other part of that is putting the pieces together because so much is taken away from you right. and you don't even know where they go. <laughs> you know, you're confused. And so your picture is not together. Mm -hmm. So my focus on with BioSphere is on wholeness and self-care and, and trying to give people the tools to get to that healing. Mm -hmm. And mostly I, I do faith-based because we try a lot of things on our own. We try a lot of things on our own. But um, the bottom line is that you have to get it connected. Your whole body has to connect. Your spirit, spiritually, physically, and mentally, and emotionally, all of those have to come together. And we are a triune being. We are a spirit. Right. You know, this body that we're in is just a shell. So when you can't, when you come in connection with all those parts, you'll become a whole person. So I love it. I love it. <laughs> like I'm, you know, and, and I'm excited and. Um, I'm going to get you in touch with our president, okay. uh, Stephen Gaddis, and if, because it's a community-based organization, in whatever way we can help, okay. you know what I'm saying, uh, um, as a member, you know, if, if, if I got to travel out there, okay. you know, um, I, I definitely want to, you know, reach out and help okay. in every way, any way possible. Um, Stacy, tell us about yourself. Oh, we don't even care. I, yeah. So we yeah, don't like go into this. <laughs> <laughs> so. Real name Belmita. <laughs> don't 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 let her fool y'all. It's not Belmita. It's Bay Belmita. Okay. Is Steve, uh, <laughs> um. So of course you know just it, because this is such a heavy topic, just trying to keep it light. Okay. Um. But <clears throat> we're gonna go right into the topic. Um, of conversation. Uh, like I said, the topic of conversation is what does sexual misconduct look like? Uh, we're going to be talking about human trafficking, rape, molestation, and also the pedophile ring because there are rings out here. Um, but just giving a quick definition, um, a couple definitions of what sexual abuse is. Uh, the first de definition is the forcing of unwanted sexual activity by one person on another as by the use of threats or coercion. The second definition is sexual activity that is deemed improper or harmful as between an adult and a minor or with a person of diminished mental capacity. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So <clears throat> in hearing those definitions, um, Especially when it comes to being coerced, coerced, you know, in sexual acts. Stacy, I want you to go first. How and, and and if you give examples of how can that be sexually abusive? And before you answer, family understand, understand that we are not. Psychologists, psychiatrists, we're not, not therapists. Not we're just giving our opinions and we're give, we're sharing information based on um, information that we've studied, that we've gathered, uh, maybe our own personal experiences. And, you know, usually um, I don't suggest that we get personal, but because this because this particular topic is so sensitive, if we desire to share our personal information, I believe that it'll help someone out there. Um, today, I'm encouraging for us to do so. 
Um, because this conversation, not only in, so in society, it is deemed taboo, but even amongst family oh, members, absolutely. even amongst absolutely. friends. Absolutely. And mm -hmm, not understanding what someone had went through, you know, how can you understand who, who they become mm -hmm. to protect that person that they once was? Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to put that disclaimer out like there. Um, Stacy, go ahead. Sexual abuse. Being yeah. coerced. How can that be sexually abusive? Being coerced? Into a sexual act. I'm getting, uh, where are you going with that? You know, I'm going to fast it to you. Please don't. Stacy, you come back. <laughs> That's what I think. I'm like, uh. Stacy up here looking perplexed. <laughs> How can coercion be considered abuse? Yes. Well, first of all, when you're coercing someone, is that I use the term also as grooming. Mm. Grooming means that you're getting you're you're getting familiar with that person. You're making them comfortable with you. You're making them like you. Mm -hmm. You're giving them favors, whether monetary or mm. personal favors. You're doing for them to get them to trust you. So when I trust you, you're willing to do certain things for me, mm -hmm. even if you may not feel it's right or you may want to. But because I trust you and I've done this stuff for you, you kind of feel somewhat of an obligation mm -hmm. to do it. So that turns into abuse because if you look at it from the standpoint of an adult and a minor, we already know. But let's look at it in terms of um, someone who is an authority over you. This is when we talk about someone who's supposed to be your guardian. This is where we get into teachers. This mm -hmm. is where we get into coaches. Yeah. This is where we get into other types of people because they are guardians over you. Yeah. And so when they coerce you and you trust them, it's easy to move into that personal space. Or not even thinking that yeah. they trust you, knowing that they have the authority yes. over you and you have to and do you have what to they're do saying. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's a hard... There's so many different levels. Whether you're talking about, like you said, from adults to children or the same level that you're dealing with male to female, but a lot, I mean, you keep hearing more and more in schools of just the different things that they're doing for grades yes. or whatever that you're going to do and offer it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, now, you you, you mentioned um, it, as far as the grooming aspect of it, looking at taking, moving that from childhood to adulthood, can you see that in a lot of our adult relationships? Yes. How so? Well, I think, first of all, people, when you're um, a person who has trouble making your own decisions or you're not strong enough to uh, think that you're making logical decisions, someone who's just a tad bit stronger than you can definitely come into your life and have you doing things that you probably wouldn't normally do. Mm. And it could, and, and thinking, maybe even thinking that, you know, even equating that into love. Yeah. You know, what does love look like? Mm -hmm. Love means that I have to do everything you say. Love means that I have to compromise myself for you. 
And this is the ideal that a lot of adults get into. You know, they feel like if I love you, I, I can compromise it. I can, I can, I can be compromising, but I shouldn't compromise myself. That's the truth. Mm. But a lot of times we compromise what we believe in order to make someone else happy. Mm. Often, yeah, often. Mm. And I, <clears throat> and I will say more times than not. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Probably, I mean, um, you know, just just throwing a number out there, but probably. 85 and 90 percent of our relationships I can agree with are that. like that. I can agree with that. You know, and, and, it, and it's crazy because, you know, like I said, you know, we hear all of the, the sexual abuse, the molestation, the rape, you know, cases and allegations, you know, when it comes to women, you know, but when it comes to the workplace and you have women that maybe walks by and grab a dude's ass, mm -hmm. you know, or grab his, his genitals, you know, and for him to say something, you know, when it's not a mutual understanding, you know, but because not, not all cases, but some cases you have women who feel that because they're a woman, because especially now, Society is so much on their side. They can do and get away with whatever. And so if a dude comes up and says, I was inappropriately touched, society's going to laugh at him. You know, oh, dude, come man on, for real? Yeah. Right. Men are taught that you're a man. Be a man. Yeah. Even as little boys. Don't cry about that. Mm -hmm. You're a, be, a, be a man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're taught that. Much. So... So their their sensitivity is child. Mm. They're not allowed to be sensitive. Yeah. Because it's taboo for a boy or a man to be sensitive. And that's the society that they, they're brought up in a lot of times. To be sensitive but very sexual. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and I will challenge not the sense of sensitive, but overly sensitive. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of a lot of boys, especially you have 70% of households, um, single mother households. So what people don't understand is that boys learn from uh, children, period. Not just boys, but children learn from by what they see. Yes. Not necessarily by what an adult says. Yes. So you can say one thing, but they're seeing your actions, you know, and they're, and they're following that. that. Exactly. So you have a lot of boys that have become overly sensitive because that's what they've seen from their mother. You know, mama wasn't necessarily teaching him that, but the, uh, but in a sense she was because of her actions. You know, so what ends up happening is, um, back to the 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 grooming. You know, in in what ends up happening a lot of times is in order to balance that a lot of men go overboard mm -hmm. when it comes to their masculinity because they feel that they have something to prove. Mm -hmm. Correct. I, I can see that. And I, I think that's when that. it becomes toxic. Mm -hmm. Be and so and then you're dealing with ones that have actually ones who have been abused. Mm -hmm. and that's even a different level when you're talking in the male masculinity. Yeah. Oh, it is. And, and even and if, if and it, and you know, 
it, it makes a difference if they were abused by a man or a woman. Mm -hmm. Because if they were abused by a man, it can it can question their masculinity. Mm -hmm. It can some of them even question whether do I like that? Am right. I gay? Am I teetering along that 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 border of being straight and a homosexual? But if it's a woman, if it's a woman, mm -hmm. it you know men always think you know oh that's good that's good. But if it's a woman, it opens up the door to being overly sexual mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. completely or yes. And and I've seen I've seen both. Mm -hmm. um, I spoke to. Uh, um, a young man that I've known for years and you know and, and his situation is, is similar to a lot of people's situation out there but it you know doesn't doesn't it doesn't it's not a blanket of course mm -hmm. you know and and I asked him one day because I'm I'm the curious type you know so I'm, I'm gonna ask <laughs> you know and I've known I've known him for years went to school with him and I asked him, we were at a barbecue, so I asked him, I said, you know, what made, you know, why did you decide to be homosexual? Mm -hmm. And his response was, he was like, you know, he told me his, about his situation and how he explained it. He said that it was a deacon in the church. Mm -hmm. And he said that he went to the bathroom. The deacon was getting someone else. And he opened the door saw the deacon banging someone else. And so he asked, what's going on? So the deacon told him, turn around and walk away or you can get some of this too. So the, de so the deacon grabbed him, gave him some too. And he said that even after that, he tried to sleep with women and it just disgusted him. It turned him off. And that's his situation. And of course that particular situation and, 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 it can be followed by multiple other situations, mm -hmm. you know, but because we have the relationship that we had, he didn't have a problem opening up and sharing to me, you know, and I was hurt. I was hurt, mm -hmm. you know, and because I don't, I, like I said, I'm curious. I ask because I want to, I need to know why I need to understand you know, and it's not to judge, mm -hmm. you know, but I, I just want to understand. But how did you get here? It's exactly. How did you get exactly. here? Exactly. You know, and, and so on the opposite side of that, my own personal situation, it was a woman who opened me up. I was 13. She was 19. You know, so in, in proving from the years after that, you know, it was she created such a monster my appetite was open, and even some psychologists and psychiatrists have, have said, and it has been documented, you can do your own, please do your own research on it, you know, that a person is not even ma mentally mature to handle sexuality no. until the age of 25. I, 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 wow. I can attest. I can agree with that. So I can agree with that. at the age of 13, what was opened up, you know, and from that moment on, I destroyed two marriages. Because I couldn't get enough. I was a nympho. And people always say, you know, well, I'm a nympho. No, you're not. Because I needed to get off. I had to get off. There was times when I would cut school weeks at a time just to, just to mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So, right. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So with 
with my first wife, I didn't cheat on her, you know, but it was because the opportunity is there. The statistics have, have shown and been proven that women outnumber men, you know, eight to one. You take out homosexuality and then men that are locked up in prison, you know, then the statistics go up 15 to one, you know. So, I mean, women are there. So, I mean, it's easy if a man feels that he's not getting enough at home to just walk out and do what he do, you know, and because a lot of women understand, okay, wow, it's slim pickings out here, Yeah. you know, then I'm going to get in where I fit in. I'm going to get in where I fit in, and that's exactly it. You but, know. But so, that teeters on that self-love that we were talking about. It does. About. It does. You know, and, and so what ended up happening, you know, on my part, it took my children's mother to leave me before I grew the fuck up. Before I grew up, it took her to leave. And I asked myself, what am I doing? You know, I had lost everything. You know, and the universe is funny because with me, I've always had to find the correct balance between resources and my spiritual well-being. And every time I got off balance with money, I lost it all. Mm -hmm. Every time I got cocky and arrogant, I lost it all. Unbalancing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I finally got it this time, 42 years in the making. You know, <laughs> okay. but it took, once she left, the past three years, I've just been doing nothing but working on me. Mm -hmm. Just working on me. You know, and so a lot of bluntness and forwardness that a lot of people see is because I've lied to so many people. I've lied to myself for so long. I never got to a place where I was uh, able to accept my dark side and the light side and understand that that's what makes me whole. You know, not being a victim, but using that to be victorious. Yes. Okay, this is where I know my weakness is. I need to focus on this for a minute. Yeah. Not negating the fact that I'm weak over here, mm -hmm. but making sure, okay, well, I need you to cover my blind side, as we say in football, while I take care of this right here. Mm -hmm. You know, but instead, and I'm going to pass it over to y'all, we get people around us who, instead of using our intuition to cover to, to choose the correct ones to cover our blind side, we get people around us that ends up taking advantage of that mm -hmm. because they know that we're weak in that moment. Mm -hmm. You know, and so what ends up happening is instead of that monster being healed, that monster becomes even bigger. Mm -hmm. That wound is reopened. Yes. You know, because now we look at betrayal and we turn it into a form of manipulation. Because now, in our mind, I'll never be used like that again. In trying, yeah. It's the so, protect mode. Yeah. And protect mode, a lot of times, becomes manipulation. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm going to Or you get so, you, you get such a hard shell that um, you, can, you don't recognize the good from the bad. Mm. It, it just becomes so hard that Everybody is look. You view everybody the same. Right. I um, I always looked at when a man approached me. Is it what do they want from me? Is mm. it money? Is it my body? Is it sex? Is it what is it? Right. 
that, you know, they're not genuine. I couldn't see past that. All I saw them coming was, here we go. They want something. Money will say that they don't want to hug certain people and you can't hug. Or, yeah. And that's exactly what it turns into. Yeah. It's, It's a barrier that you put up and you don't even know how to break it. And that's when you do have to work on you and learning how to discern the difference between the two. You know, because you don't. You just, yeah. like I say, you look at everybody as the same. And even though you may not want to, um, and then you get in these relationships, and all the while you're still thinking they want something from me. And what winds up happening is that they usually do. Because you create what you think. Mm. So there's another relationship. Mm-hmm. Here comes another one. Uh, they want something too. And then in your mind, even when you think that they're not using, or when you feel that they you don't want them to use you, they wind up doing it anyway. Because that's what you're put that's what you're putting out there. That's that's what you're getting. You're getting what you're creating. Because the universe is true. It's gonna give you what you want. Good so, or bad. So that relationship becomes your mirror. Yeah. That's Hmm. You said something on uh, manipulation. I've heard of it more so also the forms of you just trying to control, which is the same mm-hmm. because you just you lost all control, as they all say it, and you feel like you have no control, so you just try to make some type of control in the situation. Like it, I mean, you do see that in many instances, even just childhood growing up with the lack of father, somebody not being there. And you, while you grow up, you try to control. If your mom wasn't there, your father wasn't there, and then you were the one just raising up and taking care of the household, a lot of times you're just always in that need for controlling the situation. Yeah. And, you know, when you, when you have been abused, that's, again, like you said, you're out of control. You've lost that part of control, so you get aggressive. I know that happened to me in my first marriage. I became very aggressive, very aggressive. Um, and I didn't realize it until, you know, years later. And I was, because of what I had been through and I had saw, you know, even in my childhood, I said, that's never going to happen to me. And so in doing that, I flipped who I was, and I, like I said, I became aggressive. You know, I'm not taking that, I'm not doing that, I'm not doing this, but all all still, I wasn't healed. Just putting on this, this, this facade, this costume, you know, to make it seem like that I knew that I was in control of myself, but I really wasn't. Yeah. So, <clears throat> and what, Speaking of the sexual abuse aspect, what I've learned is a lot of those, a lot of people who have been. It's okay. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so how how do you how does one, in your opinion, how does one change? the mindset and the energy that they give off for it to not happen again in the sense of not putting up walls, 
not judging everyone according to the person that hurt them. You know, how do you deal with that if you don't first acknowledge it, that it happened? You and, can. and sometimes... <laughs> you can't. And, and, and sometimes I've had... Even I had to be careful in, in asking myself, mm-hmm. no, asking myself if it really happened. Mm. Yeah. You know, and, and, right. Because uh, sometimes I've noticed people take on other people's energy who've actually truly been hurt. Mm-hmm. And then in their mind, when you listen to the stories, I'm not saying that it can't happen, but it's rare that two of the same people, the exact identical thing happened to them in the exact identical way, exact identical time. So I've even questioned someone, did it truly happen? What do you mean by that? So so I know one of of the things I've noticed, especially when it comes to women, Y'all take on each other's hurts. Y'all take on each other's pains, and y'all embody and y'all and y'all embody that. And sometimes it's a gift. Sometimes it's a curse because there's been a lot of times, even with me and my children's mother, she'll come home and she'll blame me for everything that them heifers and they dudes at work was doing. And I'm like, I'm sitting at home. I'm like, you know, what I'm saying when I mess up, then get me. You know, but in in doing that, mm-hmm. sometimes, like I said, not all the time, every and, and it, it could be a uh, what do you say? Uh, I mean, it can be a, a rarity. But what I'm asking is, can it happen? Can someone that was never abused take on the abusive energy? Of someone that was abused. Absolutely. I, I, I understand what you're saying. Because again. Um, it's just natural. We know that energy is contagious. Mm-hmm. You walk in a room and someone's feeling some kind of way. You grab that. And so if someone else has been. Abused in a certain way. It can start to make you think. You know, you could think about something that happened to you. But what I do know is when it happens to you is that you know that it happened to you. Whether it be oftentimes um, being young as being being little, real small children, if it happens to you as a child, it comes to you almost as a dream. Mm. You you relive it as like it was a dream. Like you don't, you know something happened, but it, it's all, you don't know every bit and piece of it, yeah. mm-hmm. but you know, it, it's like a dream. So when you try to remember it, it's like, okay, I don't even remember this portion of it, but you know that something happened. So I don't think that you, they'll say that it, it happened to them if it didn't. Do you know only 2% of cases that are reported are actually not true? So if somebody says something happened to them, I you have to you have to believe them first of all mm-hmm. and hear what they're saying and hear how they're saying it happened. Mm-hmm. So um I I believe that you can transfer energy, yes, but when you've been abused, you know it. Mm-hmm. You know it. it. Because it's some it's it's inside of us. Right, it's right, inside right. of us to know the feeling of this just isn't quite right, even when it's happening to you. 
you know, even at that split moment that you're in the act with your abuser, you know this isn't right. This shouldn't be happening. Yeah. Well, that's what they say with a lot of traumas. It, sexual abuse, I, I mean, any major trauma, you can literally be stopped from your memory base. Mm -hmm. So a lot of what you might, or itty-bitty flashbacks, triggers and that's what it is. that you might think or see Smells, yeah, songs, touches, you know, and I it was something that would always come to my mind, and I don't and I really can't remember that's how I can relate to it. But every time I would smell this smell, it reminded me of something, but I don't even know what it was. It could have been when I was abused as a little kid. Mm -hmm. I don't know, you know, but I know that that triggers me, and I'm like, and I'll sit in front of me like that reminds me of something, but I can't recall what it reminds me of. They say, I can't see the picture clear. Because they say that in, in, the, in the midst of trauma, that <clears throat> our brains basically snap. And it, it, go, it goes black. Yeah. You know, and it's a protection mechanism. You know, but like you said, because we of our five senses, mm -hmm. smell, touch, you know, eyesight, mm -hmm. you know, something easy can trigger. Mm -hmm. You know, we can be resting, taking a nap. And hear a sound, and all of a sudden we're triggered. You're triggered, yeah. You know, so, you know, that has been proven, you know, over time. And, like I said, you know, always, you know, we have, we, we're here to have the difficult conversations that most are afraid to have, mm -hmm. you know, and this one is definitely a difficult one to have. Um, and just, I mean, I, I said it at the beginning of the year, this year was going to hurt. Yeah. You know, and I, and I said that, you know, this year we was going to begin our healing process, mm -hmm. you know, and awesome. we have to heal because one of the things, um, me and, me and Ethan, uh, a couple of years ago, we went to, um, we went to a conference and there was a young lady there. She was an ex porn star and she was holding um, a sexual abuse, um, a trafficking class and everything. And we sat in the class. And one of the things that she said is that a lot of sexual, sexual abuse um, that she witnessed, you know, happened, you know, at the bars, you know, as, as getting older now, we're not talking, you know, the molestation and everything as a child, but now, you know, where you're old enough to go out. Um, and we know that when it comes to sex trafficking, they like girls and boys young, mm -hmm. you know, and by the age of 16, 17, um, studies have shown that you're actually too old. So they generally, try and get, yeah, yeah generally speaking, so, the, so they, they try to get rid of you at the time. And a lot of, and sometimes it's actually death, you know, via overdose, you know, or accidents, quote, unquote, yeah. accidents, you know, to to dispose of them. And they've talked about the personal energy from a right. child. Right, yeah. And so, right. And what Stacy is talking about is actually energy, what they call energy vampires. Mm -hmm. So we know that um, when the, the understanding of vampiric behavior is the sucking life, yes. you know, out of one another person. So, you know, when they, when the pedophiles get the children, the younger, they are the pure, the energy, yes. 
So this is right. So when you deal with pedophile rings, uh, um, the reason why, and it has been proven, it has been documented. Um, actors have come out and talked to ped about the pedophile rings in Hollywood. You know, Corey Feldman, mm -hmm. you know, but no yes, you know, and he said that um, it was an interview that I listened to recently, but it was an old interview. He said that he got passed around. Wow. You know, so this stuff is happening. Yes. Um, that, you know, when, when you look at, so I looked at sex trafficking and I did some studies on that, you know, it's a $250 billion a year industry. All for money. All for money. And, and power. So, and power. So you take all that money, you know, and you're giving it to, you know, politicians, you're giving it to police officers, you're giving it, you know, to the heads of states and different people, you know, who are, you know, incorporated in this. Where do we go? You know what I'm saying? How do we stop it if the powers that be are making so much money off of it? How do we stop it? You know, and, 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 and it's important, it was, it's so important to have this conversation because I'm not, I don't want to scare anyone. I just want to inform. You know what I'm saying? I have a daughter, I have a son. The same thing that can happen to my daughter can happen to my son. But a lot of a lot of times we overlook the boys, mm -hmm. you know, um, um, coaches, yeah. teachers, you know, saying those are the ones who are in close proximity with. Yeah. There have been cases where, you know, 13, 14, 15 year old boys sleeping with the teacher, mm -hmm. you know, and the teacher comes up pregnant. Mm -hmm. Many times seen right. You know, but my problem is, is that. Accountability, one. Two, if all men are created equal, and under men, we say male and female, why are they not getting the same punishment as the men? The, you're talking about the women. The women. The women abusers. Yeah. Yeah, you because know, we, but, don't, we don't hear about it. And a lot of times when we do, everyone empathizes you, you with hear, a woman. You never hear anything else about it. And that's right. Mm. You'll hear about it in the beginning, but then you don't hear anything else about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the follow-through. The follow-through is just not there. You mm. know, if it's brushed under the rug or whatever the case is. Now, I do remember a couple cases where I've seen where uh, adult teenager has, I mean, adult teacher has slept with a juvenile. They've actually been punished for it. Okay. But it's very few, far and fewer in between. You know, you, you rarely see it, and I agree with you. But getting back to your question about how do we stop it, mm -hmm. I think the number one thing we need to do is educate ourselves. We need to stop keeping secrets in our families. If something happened to you, let's talk about it so that it, you can hopefully help that hurt, um, try to prevent it from happening to other people in your family. You know, we have the, I always talk about, you know, we've always, always been told this. What happens in my house stays in my house. Right. So Uncle Jimmy is molesting you. You don't tell nobody that Uncle Jimmy is molesting right. you. That's basically what you're telling your children. Mm -hmm. You know, children don't, they don't distinguish between the two. Right. They're not, they're not distinguishing between you don't tell your father that I'm dating this man. That's not his business. As opposed to you don't tell your father that Uncle Jimmy is molesting you every night. Right. Children don't differentiate between the two. When you say, don't tell what goes on in my house, 
they're sticking to that. So all this time they're, they're in this trauma, they're in this abuse, but they're not talking. And then it happened to mom, but mom won't tell the daughter and the son that it happened to them. Right. And how it happened to them and who did it to them. We don't talk about those 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 personal areas in our families. And this is why it's, it's allowed to happen. Right. It's allowed to keep happening. You know, we need to stop that. You know, we, we're, you know, everything wants to be such a secret, but what you're doing is you're shutting people's mouths who need to talk. Right. Everything, there's a difference between a good secret and a bad secret. A good secret is, um, Marcus, I'm going to plan Stacy a surprise birthday party. And Stacy's going to find out about it at the end. A bad secret is something that's between me and you, and you say Stacy can't know. That's a bad secret. And that's what we need to teach our children. You know, and they grow up and it keeps happening, and they don't know because mom, and then mom says, oh, well, this happened to me. I should have said something. You, Yes, you should have said something. You should have educated your children on it. And granted, we can't be with our kids all the time. Mm -hmm. There's, We're not their only influence. But talk to them. Uh, you know, in this society that we grew up in now, the TV educates your children. Right. Video right. games educate your children. Right. So all this stuff that happened to you, you're not saying. So now your child is vulnerable mm -hmm. to that because they don't understand that the same people who are supposed to protect them can hurt them. Right. Correct. And how many times I've even, there's some that I know that... The parents didn't know. I mean, they had, they honestly had no clue. And some of it is it because they're putting them in front of the TV and or just letting them go and do whatever. There's no conversation. I mean, we are always hey, just be back. You know, when dark time comes, mm -hmm. be back before dark. Right. So how many times you could be in certain spots or areas mm -hmm. that might lead yourself there? Mm -hmm. But it's still, regardless of knowing. It's also okay if you didn't know, then sympathize with them. Mm -hmm. you, you can't feel, that's where I, I still question where you were going with, with the energy thing. Mm -hmm. um, because the transfer of energy, like, I mean, that's like talking of a girl talking to her mom and trying to say, hey, this went on. And then either them shutting down mm -hmm. or them really trying to sympathize and trying to say, I wish I knew, but yet... Where do where can they go from there other than trying to act like okay it's good it's gone let's brush it under the rug yeah and that's what usually happens just get over it you know okay well we're gonna we're gonna do this and do that but they never really get the help that they need right they don't even know because the people like you said the parents or whoever can't equip them with those tools you know and oftentimes you know I've speak, spoken to people who've gone to counselors and they didn't even get the help from the counselors because. Everybody is different. So let me let me ask you this: bringing since since we brought the parents into it, what if what if it's your mother and your father yeah, that's yeah. doing it? Correct. What if your mother and your father? So, and the, the the reason why I ask this particular question is because, like, from the day from the evening that I decided to do this particular show. Like, I've been talking to people, you know, about this particular subject. And one young lady, you know, and, and she told me that it was her grandma, it was her mother that tricked her up, that pimped her up. You know, and, and, and so her, her mother taught her how to be a passive-aggressive hoe. You know, her, it was her mother that put her out there. 
You know what I'm saying? So all of our, our relationships have been just that. You know, so, so she didn't have anybody. Exactly. Because you know, because if you because if it's not mom, yeah. If you looking at you looking at like this is my mom, like this is the one person. Right. Yeah. We're supposed to nurture you, the father giving you your self your self identity mm-hmm. and your worth. But you're selling me out. Right. You're selling me to these men, you know. Um, and I think about that because remember when crack cocaine was out heavy, yeah. that was happening then. Yeah, it was happening then. You know, parents were so messed up that they were selling. You know, before yeah, they sold their cars, right. they were giving their kids. Yeah. You know, you, I'm, I'm sure. Or they're out doing what they wanted to do to have the drugs, and yet, okay, you sit with the drug dealer. Well, yeah. I do what I gotta do, and you Absolutely. don't know what's happening there you on don't. the other door. Right. Yeah, I think about. It. And and, and again, it's just, it's sad when it comes to down to it's your parents, but I'm all, I'm all about a root person. Mom learns it from somewhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where is it? Where, where, where did, where did it begin? That, that's the question. Even the one who's going around doing it. Yeah. You really have to dig. Why are you doing that? Where Where did you crack? Did your mother do this? This is okay. Mm -hmm. Now here's the. You see, here's the crazy thing with that. Now, now on the flip side, you got mom doing it. And now I'm reading a book. It's called The Transformation of America. And it's by a lady, but her name is Kathy O'Brien. So in her book, she wrote how her father was making snuff films, you know, of kids. So you remember that movie um, Eight Millimeter with Nicolas Cage? I didn't see it. Oh, it was a long time ago. So when it came out, I'm like, okay, you know, it's Nicolas Cage. So um, I went to go see it. Now, mind you, I like gory films, scary movies. I enjoy horror flicks. I was only able to sit in that movie for five minutes. From the beginning. From the beginning. Because from the opening scene, you know, it's black market. That you know, the old films were eight millimeter films. That's what they filmed on. So that's where they got the title of the movie. But the movie was about um, the underground sex trade of pedophilia. Wow! Wow! So that's what the movie was about. So now that I'm older and I'm reading a book, like I said, it's called Transformation of America by Kathy O'Brien. She said that her father sold her to the CIA because he was making underground snuff pedophilia films, allegedly. So we can protect ourselves. Allegedly. This is what she said had happened. So she said that from the day that she could remember, her father was using his penis instead of her pacifier. Now, the CIA got wind of it because he was mailing stuff in and out of the mail. And CIA got wind of it, and they gave him a choice. Either you sell us your daughter into this program, which is called the MK Ultra Mind Control Program. Y'all can look that up and do the research as well. Um, or you can go to prison for life. He sold his daughter to the program. 
So within that program, she goes on to implement big names, allegedly, such as politicians, such as um, um, political people from across seas, such as um, Hollywood stars, such as presidents, have all alleged to be a part of this program as far as the pedophilia sex ring. You know, and there is, nobody has ever been able to get directly on the premises, but there was one person who got close, but he was still on the outskirts. Um, a dude from Texas, Alex, uh, is always talking about the Illuminati or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, but um, he's, a is that part of it? he's a conspiracy nut. Is that Alex Jones. Is Illuminati part of that? Kind of sort of. Kind of sort. Yeah. Okay. Kind of sort. So the, the place is called uh, Bohemian Grove. It's in California. It's called Bohemian Grove. The people that sit on there are presidents, um, past, pre presidents past, thus far, that have been a part of this. So the program was basically these kids had become agents. So you've seen the born supremacy. So that's basically what happened, but in a sexual manner. So they would become agents and they would go between diplomats, between the presidents, between different high powered officials, and they would um, allow them, allow those people allegedly to do whatever they wanted them to do and then relay the message mm -hmm. from their handler. And then once they relayed the message, whatever the answer was, mm -hmm. She would take it back to them. So this is going on. This is all part of the $250 billion a year industry. Mm -hmm. Along with everything else. Along with everything else. Mm -hmm. But that's just the pedophile, the human trafficking, the uh, sex trafficking rings. Now, that's not even talking about pornography. Because yeah. that's a whole Ooh, different industry. industry. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that the, the ex-porn star had said in her class was that a lot of the sex trafficking starts with strippers. Then it goes, now, some of the strip clubs, she didn't drop any names, but she said a lot of the strip clubs in Cleveland are owned by police officers. Wow. That's interesting. Yes. Wow. Now, this is what she said that came out of her mouth, allegedly, mm -hmm. you know, protecting ourselves legally, you know, but, you know, and she said that it went from there to her, you know, being passed around by different officials, police departments, and then it went from that point to her going into pornography. And she said it wasn't the men that were the worst, it were the madams. It was the madams that kept them drugged up, mm -hmm. you know, to, to, to be passed around, to do whatever, you know, was necessary to make an extra $5,000 after their scene was done, another $10,000. And they, it, it, multiple porn stars have actually said they make all their money on the side. Wow. And you know what I was, um, I was reading something <clears throat> probably last week or so about what you're talking about, mm -hmm. about um, the public officials and the presidents and things mm -hmm. like that. And, and I heard something about one of our um, president's wives 
how she um, was involved in that. Mm -hmm. and she couldn't. She couldn't even um, get herself aroused sexually with her husband until she saw mm -hmm. another young woman forcibly My taken husband. advantage of sexually. Mm -hmm. And it really surprised me, and I, I it, it, it bothered my spirit. I'm like, wow, this is really, you know, you know there are different groups of people who do different things. Right. But this, to me, is just, I, I just, I don't understand it. You know, I don't understand it. And, it, and, it's, and it's disheartening because all it is, this is why, like I said, our world is the way that it is. Mm -hmm. And they're the ones in power. And, and the people in power are doing it. So we're being abused doubly. Right, right. <laughs> You know, yeah. I, and I, when you start talking about that, it brought back to my memory. I just read about this, and I'll tell you who it was later. But um, I believe I know. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> there you go. But I couldn't believe it, and and now it makes me look at that a whole different, that person a whole different way. Like really, right? You're involved in something like this, and you're you know, and everything is about money. Mm -hmm. Everything is about financial gain mm -hmm. for somebody. But who would have thought that these people in this in this position would take would use an innocence? Money is sickness. Because really is sick. I mean, like you said, you've now made what's not natural or what's natural not natural. Mm -hmm. Because now you've perverted it you to perverted. where you need it so in such an excess, in such a nasty way. Mm -hmm is what you have to yeah. grab when it was meant for something more beautiful, That's something right. reproductive, and just something more genuine mm -hmm. than what you're receiving. And they, like you said, they, they want the purest. Right. So the younger you are, the better. Mm -hmm. And that just is so disheartening. It is tear it's literally tearing people apart. And there was, it was just something I was trying to, somebody brought up the other day. I mean, it kind of slightly goes off because I haven't done... I only got to read on a little bit, but Willie Lynch. You guys ever read some story? Or <laughs> yeah. Okay. But, and I'm still, I got to read it again. It was going online of just how historically people in empowerment in places, they've really broken the cultures of just many and twisted things. Mm -hmm. It just, it's extremely disheartening. Because mm -hmm. we're seeing it in power. You're seeing it in family. And that's generationally of yeah. you know that's not normal. Mm -hmm. And yet the whole talking of like you said, even three years ago, trying to start for the walk that you're doing. So how do you actually do it? You unfortunately you've got to exposure allow yourself to be exposed in all areas you do. and to realize truly the good and the bad. And sometimes you don't even see them, and then when things start arousing, and then all of a sudden you see yourself in natures that you wouldn't, but yet they keep arising more because you're trying to help yourself deal with something, another area. And you got to recognize that when it starts rising, that's the time to do. And though it might not be everything at once, because that might be a little bit too overwhelming for you to do. And as you're growing, um, again, when you've been hurt and as you're growing, all you know is that all you know is that hurt. So you're doing it to somebody else and then they grow and they do it to someone else. And this is why, because I remember the story recently in the news about one of the Cleveland officers about that story in Euclid, yeah. what happened in Euclid. That that really like took me for a loop because 
I'm thinking to myself, something is something that happened to him mm -hmm. because I've seen him personally. That something, something was just not right. And so again, hurting people hurt people because they don't know. They haven't healed to their core. Their soul isn't healed. They're still dealing with things that they saw, witnessed, had to deal with, had to go through. And no one's there to say, hey, let me help you. Let me show you how to get past this. Or no one's there to say, you know what? This happened to me. Let me see what I can do for you. Well, but, and as a man, like you said, that toxic masculinity, this is what we do. Don't cry. Boys don't cry. Right. And, and from day one, girls are taught to be homemakers. We get Barbie dolls. We get mm -hmm. doll houses. What do boys get? Cars, and uh, they trucks, don't yeah. trucks. They yeah. games. They're they're taught to play games. We're taught to build a home. Mm -hmm. And so if you have no one there to ever disseminate between that and help them learn how to cohabitate that together. Right. This is what you get. Yeah. Now they have uh, Rick Barbie mom. <laughs> <laughs> I've I'm, I've always I've always said it a lot a lot of especially <clears throat> excuse me especially in today's society. You have a lot of mothers, they raise their daughter and coddle their son. And then wonder why there isn't any good men. Well, you didn't put him around anybody or you didn't help grow him up. Mm -hmm. So now he's a 29-year-old child. Mm -hmm. He's not an adult. He's not grown. He's still a child. Because mom wants son to be like the man she wants him to be. Exactly. Exactly. Destroying knowing the good side, but yet at the yeah. same token, when you actually have a strong one, mm -hmm. you can draw to that a lot more. Yep. But this is why when, when speaking of toxic masculinity, I think a lot of people, men and women, get it confused with actual toxicity and a strong man. Yeah. You know, and so what ends up happening is I've had a lot of women you know, get mad at me because I wouldn't allow them to push me around. You know, I'm like, first of all, I'm not your dad. You ain't got me wrapped around your finger. You know, and there would be some women, I'd tell them, be like, look, I got one daughter to raise. I see what you about and you still a child. You ain't got nothing coming from me. Because all I'm going to do is piss you off. You know, and at that moment they were pissed off, but, you know, I didn't care less. <laughs> and, and again, it, it stemmed from the roles being trained, changed yeah. around. Yeah. You know, now the women are in men roles oh, a yeah. lot of times. Oh, yeah. And so that you get to the point where you say, um, there's nothing a man can do for me because mm -hmm. I'm doing it all myself, which is a lie. But right. this is the mindset yeah. that they've grown up to believe in. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to submitting to a man, it's hard to do. Yeah. Oh, that's a curse word to most women. Mm -hmm. Submit. What you mean, submit? I'm not about to. Me. And I'll be like, oh, I think you got the wrong definition. Yeah, you know, <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. And then that's what I would ask them. Mm -hmm. You know, um, mm. well, that's what I would ask straight then. You ask the man, what do you mean by submit? No, because most men don't even have a definition of submission. Mm -hmm. Correct. They just so know the word be because the women need to be accountable for some of their actions. Up to no, before for some of their fucked up definitions. 
If you don't have something it, to compare it to. It's not about comparison. It's about, okay, well, let's discuss what it is you think you know. The problem is you have most women want men to think like them. We don't. But if we don't have a discussion and come to an understanding, then all we're going to do is butt heads. You know, and that's why that's why I purposely wrote the question the way I did, you know, as far as sexual misconduct. Because someone would think that misconduct is just somebody patting them on the ass. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, and nowadays is if someone accidentally brushed up against you, oh, that's sexual harassment. Mm -hmm. Well, how do you know it wasn't an accident? Mm -hmm. A legitimate accident. Because some men do it, you know, and you know what, I'm sorry, to get us to spark a conversation. Or so, joking in the little pet word, pet name, right. you might call out. You know, so without that conversation, now it's whatever your definition is, you know, without an understanding, that's what it's going that's to what, be. Yeah, people's perception is their reality. Right. The bottom line. And and so... And certain things that you've been through that has that made has it your reality. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Where other people can be extremely desensitized to mm -hmm. something, and then other people, you are extremely don't touch me in any little area, and it's going to trigger them. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it goes along with the double standard. I was just thinking about, you know, um, the more you think about, too, with sexuality, the more women men sleep with, that's, a, that's more notches on their belt. But when a woman does it, she's considered a whore, yeah. you know, or, you know, promiscuous and things like hey, that. Let me tell you in my definition, she got a lot of notches on her belt. She's a bet. <laughs> <laughs> she know damn what she know. <laughs> That's just in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know what? And I've, I, I, th I think differently, you know, and, and some of it is because my abuser was a woman. You know what I'm saying? So the mentality that I have when it comes to sex is just, you know, if if you're in a situation or relationship, whatever it is, whatever it is, mm -hmm. if that's what y'all want to do, then that's what y'all want to do, you know? And so where I got, where I got in a lot of trouble is because I was trying to define my relationship based off of my perspective and tried to force them into my perspective. Into your perspective. You know, yeah. instead of allowing things to flow and allowing mm -hmm. things to grow, but that came with me lying to myself. Mm -hmm. You know, and so in turn, I manipulated the situation. You know, which is when you speak of manipulation, a lot of times it comes from the female handbook. When it, when when and and I say that in the sense of Y'all are taught to use sexuality to get what you want, whether you give it up or not. You know, and sometimes it creates a death-defying situation because a lot of girls they play with boys. They play they play with they play with boys in the sense of I'm gonna dangle this carrot out there just enough to get what I want. Mom showed them that. With dad, baby, this is all you got to do. You make sure you feed your man. You make sure you give him good loving. But nothing about the mental, the spiritual, the emotional. It's all give him all the sex he wants 
and you can have anything that you want, mm -hmm. anything that you need. Mm -hmm. That's manipulation. Mm -hmm. So what happens a lot of times is those little girls grow up to be adult women who manipulate the situation just the same. So if I know, if a woman comes up to me and say, you know what, Mark, I really like you, but you're not getting these cookies until you prove me worthy. Okay, so all I got to do is lie to you. Thank you for telling me what I got to do. So as long as, I, as long as I fit in box A, B, and C, I know I'm about to get the cookies. So what do men do? We lie. Because that's what our end goal is. Is to get that. Is to get the cookies. Reverse manipulation. Yes, yeah. No. In, in a sense, yes, yeah. but in a sense, no. And the reason why I say no is because we're, if women run the relationship, we're following the lead. We're not setting the standards, but and 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 in my opinion, that is the problem. But the women shouldn't be running a relationship. Exactly. But most relationships are won by women. When you ask most dudes, what do they say? Oh, she worried. She the boss of the house. Mm -hmm. And nine out of ten relationships, that's what you're going to hear. So what ends up happening is, I had a show last year about why do men and women cheat. A lot of women cheat because what they thought they wanted was not what they wanted and not what they needed. So because he can't provide for her mentally, emotionally, That's and it. psychologically, now she's unfulfilled because she's not being challenged in those areas mm -hmm. to grow. So she mm -hmm. thought that his finances was going to do everything you know what I'm saying? So she's like, okay, well, I'm bored. I've been the housemaker. I've had the kids. Now I'm about to go and let loose. And because he's like, well, I done paid for you. I done bought you. I done bought this house. I done went to work for you. I own you. So you better not sleep with another man. So you have a lot of murder-suicides. See, all this so sexual abuse, yeah, it's, all this it's sexual abuse, it, right, it, fall, it falls into all because these all different categories. manipulation. Right. So when you get a man like me that say, no, we're going to co-relate this relationship and we're going to have conversation about our different perspectives, not so that we can be on the same page because that'll never happen, but so that we can be in alignment mm -hmm. and know the direction that we're going. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So when most women hear I can't, I can't deal with you. Well, obviously, okay, you just let me know that you're not grown. You're just an adult child. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and not so, wanting to touch your hurts. Because generally, that's something if they want well, they can't they have that con conversation, it's usually because they don't want to touch something that's inside them. Because bottom line is that when we get into relationships, we're, we're sending our representative. We're not sending ourselves. Right, right. So people can't be honest of who we are. True. So we don't send the real yeah. person. So, you know, like you said, she's telling you, well, I don't, I don't, I'm, if someone, a woman says, you know, I don't want to sleep with you until, you know, you prove this, 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 and this, that's not really what she means. But she feels, she says that because it sounds nice. She doesn't mm -hmm. want to be looked at in a certain light. Mm -hmm. and, and, and the follow up of what you just said, <clears throat> which is so powerful because I've had, like, I, I, same thing I tell my homeboys, my dudes, my ace, my A1s, I tell a woman, you know what I'm saying? And they've laughed at me 
because they was like, you know, when I first said, they was like, whoa, dude, I, I don't know. I'm like, because, and, and this is what I told them. I said, I'm looking for my woman. I'm looking for a woman who can be my personal hoe, but a lady. To me, there's nothing wrong with that. But so many people, men and women, they look at it as, no, I, I want my woman just to be a lady and I'll go out here and I'll sleep with the hoes. I'm like, nah. And see, like, and, I'm and, cool. and, and I'm and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a piggyback off of that. I've actually heard <clears throat> a man try to give me an explanation for that. Okay. Because <clears throat> what 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 this person said was, um, you don't want your wife to do the same thing as another woman in the street. You wouldn't treat your wife or your main woman the same way you would treat a woman in the street. So if I'm gonna go out here and I'm gonna do these all these exotic overly sexual, extra sexual things to this woman outside. Mm. I don't want to do that to my woman in the house because she's special. She's different. This is the explanation that was given to me. Yeah. But coming from what you just said, mm -hmm. what I got from what I heard what you said is you're saying that you can be all I need you to be because you're mine. But you can still be a lady. When we step out, nobody has to know what you do with me inside of our bedroom. Right. Because I'm nasty. So... <laughs> But, but but you know what though? Before I can before I could start looking for a woman like that, I had to be honest with myself. That's right. And see, and most men they're not honest with themselves. They they're not honest with themselves and be like, you know what? I love hoes. I love women who are nasty, who are trifling. But the problem is, and this is where <clears throat> this is where the lie and manipulation from us. Is portrayed to y'all because y'all know that now y'all act like mother y'all representative is Mother Teresa. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So when you're representative, we don't stay in a situation or a relationship long enough for your representative to die and your true self to come up. So after three to four months, we like ah she born. Yeah, I'm cool. I'm I'm out. You know, and then we go get with somebody we ain't got no business being with. You know, but like you said, if but you it's were, all honesty on both ends, then too, correct? Because I can tell really you, if I can, if I, if I like what you like, mm -hmm. it's nothing wrong with me saying that. But without the conversation, how do we know? But without the conversation, how do we know? Because I'm coming to you like I got it all together, you know. So you looking at me like, oh, I can't step to him like that, mm -hmm. or I'm looking at you, you uh, coming up like you got it all together, and then I'm looking, oh, I can't step to her like this. You know, and then Ethan says it all the time, you know, usually 90 to 100 to 80 days, you know, before your representative steps to the side and the real you show up. I'm not waiting. I'm going to ask you, you know, and I mean, Stacy have heard me. I, I, I ask women, you know, are you nasty or freaky? You know what I'm saying? Because one, sometimes, not all the time, it lets me know what you might have gone through. Because most people that are nasty, nasty, have gone through some shit. You know what I'm saying? Have dealt with some demons and everything. So their sexual appetite and, and is, is different. Like you just said, it's different. Whereas someone who really haven't gone through nothing, that's where you get that's where you get a lot of prudence, you know, with, with, with people on my end. You know, and that's that's not good or bad, 
You just have to know who you're dealing with. You know, but because neither one of us is being honest with each other, I don't know who I'm dealing with. And what your definition of a relationship is. Something that happened to me when I grew up um, in my parents' household, I didn't really know the true definition of a relationship. My parents were young when they had me. You know, they moved in together. They weren't legally married. You know, they moved in together. They had other children. Um, There was a lot of dysfunction there with abuse and things like that. So my ideal of what love looked like was totally different, Mm -hmm. a relationship. So I, in turn, in my mind, turned to the fairy tale, what I was seeing Mm -hmm. on TV, my Prince Charming. Mm -hmm. So that's what I thought a relationship was. Right. You know, so of course, right, or what it should be. So, of course, I'm coming in like, okay, this is a relationship. It's supposed to be 50-50. And... What I came to learn is that, um, from Apostle, what I came to learn is he said, relationships aren't always 50-50. What if one day you don't have your 50? Mm -hmm. So that really shut me down because I was in a totally different mindset about what a relationship looked like. And it made sense when he said, one day you might be too tired. You cook every day, and then this one day you're too tired to cook. You're not bringing your 50. So then your, your mate is supposed to make up. To make that 100%. Right. So what are you even looking at people's perception of what a relationship looks like? You know, you can teach your daughter all day long. Baby, a man's supposed to open the door for you. When you get in the car, you don't sit in the car till he open the door for you. So when she get a man, you got to open the door for me. But that's what you taught her. So if you're not taught that or shown that, you're just yeah. free falling. And so what winds up happening is your significant other controls that relationship. Yeah. Because you don't know what you're looking for. You don't know what's the right way and what's not the right way. So you fall into, I'm going to conform to every relationship I've been in. Mm. Whatever that person's doing, I'm doing. Mm. And and I have a, a, a really trivial story. But when I was married to my first husband, him and his mom loved the movie. I mean, they loved the movies. They would spend all Sunday at the movie. They would watch the previews to see what movie they went to. And I would tag along. When we got divorced, you know what I realized? I don't like movies like that. <laughs> but I went because that was the relationship that I was in. Instead of saying, you know what, I think I'm going to go with y'all today. I tagged along. Usually fell asleep, so they paid $10 for me to sleep. Because that just wasn't my thing. And it's something so small as that. But looking at the bigger picture, we don't be honest with what we like and what we don't like. And so people are allowed to manipulate. Mm. That opens that door. Mm. Yeah. Who? We don't unpack the whole world out here today. Kind of went on total relationship. Yeah. But it's still, but because it, it, it's the response of exactly. that that we can. And there's actually some that I know who you know deep down in their heart like they'll be like well i'm just an info now i'm just this is who this is who i am and it's my dark side and i really really like it mm-hmm. you might have grown to like it but that but might have not originally been who you were and how you liked it but you just grown accustomed to it that's mm-hmm. like somebody doing drugs for the first time you don't necessarily like it from the first time it's right. just the excitement of doing it now all of a sudden you continually doing it just because it's growing because you're chasing it. that first you're chasing the first yes. and that's the same thing with abuse right when someone's opened that door of something that you're not you can't even like marcus said fathom till you're 25 yeah if i'm a kid 
and someone's someone opens that door, I'm all of a sudden attracted to that. Yeah. And I'm not even ready for it. But it changes my whole chemical makeup in my body and how I respond to everything else around me. Yeah. And now you just figure since to actually do something uncomfortable would be not to do the normal of it. So you almost just want to keep going to what is uncomfortably numb just to make yourself comfortable instead of actually jumping out to a healing side that you might be okay being free from something. Yeah. Mm. Well, good people, we are at the up? end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Can we have a part two? Like, <laughs> 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 we, I mean, we, def- we definitely can. We definitely it's so can. much to talk about. It, it really, it, I mean, it's so many facets of it, you know. Yeah. So as as we always do about this time, we go around the round table mm-hmm. and give our final oh, thoughts. Wow. We're gonna start with Miss Balmater. <laughs> because you know, putting me on the spot for so many cricket. <laughs> Uh, final thought would truly be um, just really having the conversation. If anything you're going to do, heal over it um, little by little. It might not be easy, but as soon as things come to the forefront of your mind, uh, they might be generally are coming there for a reason. Um, so allow yourself to go through the process. Um, and it's okay to talk better to talk. Sorry, So my my final thought is that something that sex that it was not meant to be distorted was not given to us to be used for evil has become Mm. in so many levels in this world. And in doing that, it has changed the whole dynamic of everyone, everyone's personality, everyone's response, how they do things, how they manipulate through this world. And we've learned today that it kind of starts from the top, Mm. oftentimes, and it works its way down. And... The people at the bottom always get it the worst. So in knowing that, finding a way to protect ourselves, finding a way to protect our families, we need to have these conversations and understand that um, it's not far. It could be right around the corner. It could be someone that is often someone that you know and love and trust. And to have your, to teach people who understand, to teach your children and have them have that understanding. But when it's actually the person who's supposed to protect you, what do you do? You know, where do you turn to at that point? And I think that's where, that's where the next conversation should go. Where, who do you, if you can't, if you know that this is wrong and the person who's supposed to protect you is doing this to you, how do you have the wherewithal to go and tell someone else that you can trust? Because your trust is broken at that point with everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody has begins to have the same face. You know, you can't di- differentiate between the two. And this is where 
It only takes one person to begin that process, to pick that thing out. Because once you've been abused, you can spot it in other people. The, the, the actions and reactions are pretty much the same. So I think that we need to really dig deeper into this and just begin to have that conversation. Because sex is not a bad thing, but it has turned out to be. Mm -hmm. You know, we're using our children. We're manipulating relationships. We're mm -hmm. manipulating ourselves, and we're not being honest. And then we wonder what's wrong with the world. Mm -hmm. But that's a big part of it. So. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, the man of the hour. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all know I gotta have it on, uh, on these beautiful women up here. Like, y'all know y'all didn't want to look at me. Right? Look at them too. Um, man, my final thoughts. We, we're just here to start the conversation. Um, and today, of course, you know, when speaking of sexual abuse, you know, we spoke on human trafficking, we spoke on rape and molestation, also pedophile rings that are that are in full bloom and full effect unfortunately um a lot of things and and we're going to be discussing here a lot more on candid conversations a lot of things that go on um in the underground you know that a lot of us quote unquote commoners know nothing about you know but well, I'm going to start bringing those issues to light to have these conversations um understand that sexual abuse male or female can be described as any unwanted advances as i stated it can be male or female i know that Men are a lot of times afraid to speak on sexual abuse because they're afraid that their boys will be clowned, you know, will clown them, you know, because of it. But the problem is, a lot of times the reason why we treat women the way we, we do, a lot of times is because what we've been through. Yeah. But because... Especially in, to, in, in today's society, men can't talk about. It. We're not allowed to discuss our hurt and pain because it's deemed feminine, you know. And there's a difference between expressing and just being plain bitchy. There's a difference, you know. And it takes men and women to teach each other that balance. You can't have too much feminine energy. You can't have too much too much masculine energy. We need one another. Um, and in, in doing so, like I said at the beginning of the year, this year is going to hurt. As you continue to follow me, follow the broad the podcast, um, watch the live episodes. Um, Following Bombard, Stacy Balmuda, aka Balmater. <laughs> Following Bombard, Ethan West, the producer, and and our other co-host. He's been playing baseball. This, you know, as always. Following Bombard, Miss <laughs> Rashonda Jackson. 
blow up all of their pages, you know, and speak to them, you know, and even allow yourself to use them as an outlet to maybe reach out and speak, you know, or ask them difficult questions that you may be afraid to ask someone else. You know, you've seen them, you know what they're about, you know what Candid Conversations is about. You can reach out um, to myself. As I stated at the beginning of the, uh, of the broadcast, we're not psychiatrists, we're not psychiatrists, we're not coaches, but we're here to help you. We're here to share our opinions, things that we've studied. We're, no, we're not professionals. Rashanja is, she got her bachelor's degree. <laughs> <laughs> but I just love, enjoy reading and studying anything that you've heard in the podcast today. I encourage you to do your own research, do your own studying, form your own opinion. But as always, we're at the end of the broadcast. I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. Um, I do want to give one more shout out and to Gloria Coleman, I love you. Every day for the, at least the past year, you've not missed a beat with giving me words of encouragement. And some days you have no idea what that does for me in the morning. There have been times where I've gone through that I've gone through hardships that I've had a lot on my mind that I've wanted to give up that I wanted to let this thing go. And your words of encouragement has helped me keep going. It has helped push me and recharge me at times. And I want to say thank you. I appreciate you. I adore and I love you. Thank you for following the show. And until next time, see you when we see you. Deuces. Bye -bye.